0: Hey everybody, it's your girl, your sis, your host, Cheryl Shoemake, and this is the Stepmom Sanity Podcast. The mic is hot, so let's get started. Hey there, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to this episode of the Stepmom Sanity podcast. I am absolutely thrilled and excited to introduce you to the guest that we have today, if you're not familiar with her already. But before we get started, I have a couple of questions for you. How many times have you asked yourself or your husband how you are measuring up to your stepkid's bio mom? And how many times did you feel guilty or ashamed for doing it, whether you came away believing you were better than or less than her? Today, we're going to chat about how to get free of the comparison trap. My guest is the talented Shannon Popkin. Shannon is a wife, mom, speaker, Bible teacher. She is a regular contributor for the Revive Our Hearts, True Woman, and Leader Connection blogs. She's a faculty member of the Speak Up Conference and the author of several books, including the best-selling Control Girl, Lessons on Surrendering Your Burden of Control from Seven Women in the Bible. I love, Shannon, that you used your bur- burden burden versus the burden in your title because it reminds us that it's not just some abstract thing but um control burdens you specifically i love that she's the co-author of a book which God used to set me free and my thinking about platform building called Influence, Building a Platform that Elevates Jesus, Not Me. I actually recommended that book in an aspiring writer's workshop that I conducted. So thank you so much for writing that. Thank you. And she's the author of the book we are discussing today, Comparison Girl, Lessons from Jesus on Me, Free Living. Welcome, Shannon. Oh, Cheryl, thank you so much.
1: My goodness, what a beautiful, uh, kind introduction. I
0: I, I mean, I always love meeting people who have actually read my books, you know, so (laughs) that's super fun. Thank you so much. Well, I have read them and have gleaned quite a bit from them, so thank you so much for just being obedient to the Lord and writing them. It's certainly an honor to have you here with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be with you. Thanks for inviting me. Great. Well, as we stated, I have read a couple of your books, and when I saw, however, the title of Comparison Girl, I immediately reached out to you to um, for this interview, because as a stepmom, as a woman, period, really, mm-hmm. I have been held in chains, Mm -hmm. Um, comparing myself to the talent or the godliness or the education uh, uh, or the career of some of the women around me. Um, Even if I held no Jealousy towards them, I still use other women as the barometer for success or acceptance in my own mm-hmm. life. Um, I was, as your book says, taking measurements and wondered how I measured up. And I know stepmoms are particularly susceptible to this issue. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to invite you on this platform to chat with us. Um, and, and it doesn't matter that you are not a stepmom. I mean, you know, Balaam. Balaam's donkey wasn't, uh, you know, a prophet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not yep, to me, me and the donkey,
1: we don't...
0: But there is just so much applicable wisdom and hope to be found in the pages of your book, and I thank you for writing it and for being here. Oh,
1: it's my pleasure. You know, the truth of God's word, what I have learned is it works for everybody. It's it's like, it's not just for a specific group of people or a specific generation. It transcends all of that. And so it applies to my life and your life and whoever else is listening. God's word gives us the answers we're looking for regardless of our situation. So I'm just really glad we can talk about truth today.
0: So am I. So am I. Now, before we get into the interview, I do have a question for you. Um, I I sense a story between the writing of Control Girl and the writing of Comparison Girl, like almost as if the book's bookend, if you will, a personal journey of deliverance that God took you on. What brought you to Comparison Girl?
1: Uh, You know, well, when I was studying for a control girl, the um, two of the women that I was studying their lives in the Bible just really captivated me and I saw them comparing themselves. So in the, it was Rachel and Leah. So those are mm-hmm. the two, two of the seven women of those um, control girls that I studied. And I just saw myself in both of their stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw myself in Rachel just always feeling like she wasn't. Measuring up, even though she had like she had a lot to be grateful for. She had an adoring husband, she did have one baby. God gave her the desire of her heart, and yet she just always wanted uh, more. She was never satisfied and I see that in myself. And then also in Leah, you know, Leah felt like she was forgotten. She felt like she wasn't seen. She craved, um, the love of her husband. And, and though I haven't experienced that, there've been times where I just wonder like, am I seen, am I invisible? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, do I matter? And, um, and I would say to like going, that was my first experience being an author and, I wish I could go back to that experience because everything was just fun and exciting. I had no expectations, but then once you cross that hurdle and you you know you're on the other side of authordom, yes. <laughs> then suddenly you enter this this world where you're measuring things in your yes. comparison. Like I I never even thought to wonder like how many books would sell mm-hmm. <laughs> or how many you know how many stars I would get. I didn't even know there was like a bestseller ranking. I had no idea. But then once you cross over and, you know, just falling headlong into that trap of comparing myself. Like if you read my book, Influence, you read my story about like wanting to go and measure my book's success against this other friend, author, who her book came out at the same time. And oh, it just creates this just, ickiness in my soul. And yes. so, yeah, so this book Comparison Girl is really, um, a journey. It's been a, a lifelong journey for me, but especially after writing control, control Girl, because I think we often compare the things that we cannot control. That's right. Right. So yes. we're, we're looking at these things that are out of our control and we're comparing, you know, with what she has or what she's accomplished or what she can do and versus what I, where
0: I am. You know, you said something very interesting that Leah had all of this, yet she still conf- compared herself and she came up empty. And Rachel had all of this. She had the love of her husband and so mm-hmm. on and so forth, but she still compared herself and came up empty. Yeah. When we are trapped in comparison, it doesn't matter what we have. We There's just this huge void, which we always have to fill mm-hmm. when we are trapped with measuring ourselves against someone else. so, so true. Yeah,
1: so, it's so true.
0: What are the roots of comparison? What causes it to spring up in our lives?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think comparison is rooted in this world's agenda for us. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this world system is built on comparison. Like, you know, we learn from the time we're little kids that you you have to measure up. You have to get ahead. You have to prove yourself. You have to make something of yourself in this world. And then we have this enemy who's like poking and prodding at us from the sidelines. And he's completely content if we never even notice that he's the one behind, <laughs> you know, yes, this yes. temptation. He's happy to just be the, you know, the guy in the sidelines like whispering from the shadows. He really doesn't want us. He wants to be like this stranger's voice, but it's his voice that we're listening to when we look over at somebody else and we think like, Oh man, I wish I could be like her. She is mm-hmm. so much better in this area. or Her kids are perfect or her marriage yes. looks great or her career is taking off, whatever it is. But then also like so, so comparing up with somebody else, but also like the comparing down mm-hmm. and like, look at her, her life is a mess. Oh my word. I'm so glad I'm not like her. I'm so glad I didn't make that mistake. You know, well, that's not our Lord Jesus either. Like, right. the, neither of those, um, those thoughts or ideas are things that Jesus would say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, I think what really captured my heart was reading James chapter three verses 14 through 15 says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Yes. So see the tie, you know, bitter jealousy, that's looking over at what she has and wishing that I had what she has. And then selfish ambition is trying to prove that I have more or that I'm getting ahead, you know, and both of those are rooted. They're tied to this underlying, um, agenda that our enemy has. It says, Mm -hmm. yeah, that these, these thoughts, these ideas, this is this wisdom that is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. You know, our enemy has um, released this whole army of demons that are bent on pulling us back into this trap of measuring, comparing, selfish, always me focused, always jealous, always trying to get ahead. And it's completely the opposite of Jesus's way of life.
0: And, you know, I'm going to tell you, I can look back on my life, Shannon, and I can actually pinpoint when the trap was sprung for me. Um, Like, I recall being, always being one of the top students in school and going to a magnet high school where I was no longer the top student. And the first time I didn't make straight A's or I wasn't at the top of the class, I just almost gave up because... Mm. Because I, you know, if it wasn't perfect, if I wasn't the best, then I wasn't good enough, yeah. right? And even like I was in the premier singing group at this mm-hmm. same school, but my voice wasn't like this person or that person mm-hmm. or that person. And so I would always shrink back. And that was the theme of my life for so many years, shrinking back because it wasn't going to be perfect. And if it's not the best, then it's not good enough. So I, I mean, I can actually, as you were talking, I was like, I rem- I can recall for me where that root of comparison really kicked in.
1: So how old were you when you first went to this magnet school?
0: I, went, I was 12. I was 12 years old going mm-hmm. to high school. So all indications of brilliant and, mm-hmm. but because I wasn't the top, the best, the whatever, then it yes. it was not. And I was comparing myself to all of these other brilliant kids yep. around me that yeah. it was not good enough.
1: I was going to guess it was maybe about 11, 12, mm-hmm. 13, I think think our, you know, our enemy does not play fair. He does not yeah. wait until yeah. we're our age, you know, and right. we, we understand who we are and we're, you know, we have the fortitude to understand like we've been gifted mm-hmm. so much and, you know, no, he preys on us when our eyes are just starting to flutter open to yes. the differences between us and others so it's like I can almost see him prowling in those middle school hallways right. or you know in the locker rooms or wherever like as girls are just starting you know they go from here happy carefree like you know you went from your elementary school where you were on top of the world and loving right. life and then you suddenly you're introduced to oh my goodness Can I live in a universe where I'm not the smartest? I'm smart, but not the smartest. Or I have a lovely voice, but it's not the best voice. Can I live in a universe? Like, no, I don't know if I can. I think I'm just going to shrink back. Rather than offering what I have to the world, you know, I, so... And it is such a trap, especially perfectionism, isn't it? Yes, it
0: is: Yes, we
1: won't it is. we won't ever be perfect. No, so. <laughs> no. And I,
0: I can teach that now and real, yeah, recognize know. that now, but when we're forming, you're right, when mm-hmm. our eyes just flutter open and we're in yeah. that stage of forming um, ideas about who we are and how we relate to the world, that's when the enemy pounces. Yeah that's really? when he pounces. So how does how does unhealthy comparison to other women keep us in bondage and in isolation?
1: Yeah, well, I
0: think like
1: when we compare there are two outcomes we either find that we are inferior to this Mm -hmm. other person over here or we're superior and either one of those right can lead into bondage I mean we know women who have lived their whole lives completely convinced that they are worthless Mm -hmm. um, because somebody told them that or they compared and came to that conclusion on their own and that is bondage I mean I know women who have lived decades in this bondage, either in eating disorder or just yes cutting or um depression worthlessness mm-hmm. that is bondage but also pride is bondage as well yes, I mean it is. <laughs> do you know anybody who's lived her whole life thinking everyone is beneath her <laughs> like mm-hmm. that <laughs> bondage and I mean there's this drive of like not only do I want to be more than greater than better than but I have to because right. otherwise who am I if I don't achieve like there's just this drivenness this bondage of, you know, being convinced that you have to prove to everybody else that you're better than either one of those. I don't want to live either way. I don't, I don't want to live with worthlessness. I don't want to live with pride. I want to be free of both of those. But then the other trap I think that comparison brings is isolation. You mentioned that. So like I, if I, if I compare and I'm, I'm less than, or I compare and I'm greater than either way, I want to pull back from other people. You know, if I'm worthless, I want to pull into my own corner. If I'm If I'm superior, well, then, you know, everyone is beneath me, so I need to stay away. You know, I can't be mixing with those who are beneath me. And isolation, we pull away, we pull away, we pull away. And that is exactly the opposite of God's design for his church and his people. We are to be unified. Yes, we are yeah, we're to be drawing together with those who are not like us. Like that's, that's right. the whole point of us right. having different gifts. And, that's right. and, and you know, every tribe and every tongue will be gathered at the throne. That's and, right. you know, we aren't, we aren't going to be blended into one people group. We're going to be distinct. Like right. you will still be African-American that's right. when we are gathered at the throne. And I will still be Caucasian when we are gathered at the throne. That's right. And we will be unified. And there is nothing that will divide us when we are gathered on that throne. So this, you know, all of this division and divisiveness and superiority or inferiority and um, everyone pulling away from each other and getting in their little huddles and looking over at other little groups and saying, well, we're better than you, or we're mad that you're better than us, or whatever it (laughs) is. All of that has no place in the church of Jesus Christ. That's right. Church is is, we are to be unified. And so, I mean, I think that is just our enemy's fingers all over this planet that we are
0: all pulling away from each other and Jesus wants to redeem us and put us back together (laughs) and I I think it's so pervasive because that was the prayer that Jesus prayed that was his priestly prayer that we would be one and that one in him and he in us and one Mm -hmm. with each other and it was that the love that we have for one another and the unity that we have with one another that would be the mark to the world that we are his disciples so I could see why the enemy would be especially um uh uh, desirous of dividing
1: yeah the people of god jesus says this is what's going to mark my disciples and so that's Mm -hmm. what he's going to go after
0: that's what he's going to go
1: after yeah they'll know you're you're my disciples by your love for each other by your unity i mean unity is such a theme in the new testament yes it is and and so i mean th- that's written the devil has read the bible
0: yes he, <laughs> he, has. Knows,
1: he knows the goal he may better know than better, most than of we. us yeah, yeah better than we do and yes. he knows what the goal is and he knows what he has to undermine because whatever god wants the enemy wants exactly the opposite. His That's goal right. is to, you know, he some tell, somehow lives out this delusion that he's God's rival. Right. And he wins when he gets us to look more like him That's than, right. than like Jesus. And so, you know, I just got to ask, like, how are we doing, church? Right. <laughs> you know, right. how are we doing? They'll know that we belong to him by our unity and our love for each other. How That's are right. we doing right now? I'm, I am more discouraged than encouraged, but our our lord jesus gives us everything we need for life and godliness yes he does yes he does yeah so let's keep going with our comparison. but I did I
0: trust Mm -hmm. that um more conversations like this and an awareness I I feel the church waking up Shannon um I I'm discouraged by what I see but I believe the church is waking up to what is important
1: Mm -hmm. and and
0: what God desires and for those of us who are willing to kind of surrender and submit and take this downtime and do the real work of okay God here I am i'm i'm on the potter's wheel do break what you need to break form what you need to form polish what you need to polish just make me look more like jesus when we come out of i think we will see out on the other side of this a greater demonstration of unity a greater demonstration of power and consequently we will be ready for the great harvest as well
1: Wouldn't that right. be great? Yes. That's what I'm praying for.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. you, and both, mm-hmm. you and me both, sister. You and me both. Yes. So you mentioned James, um, which I, it's so funny. I just happened to be reading James a couple of nights ago. Just, you know, really just felt in my heart that I kind of wanted to dig into it a little bit more. How are, how are jealousy and um, selfish ambition tied to Satan's agenda for us, especially as as moms now you, you're not a stepmom but you are a mom mm-hmm. and and so just kind of uh just group all moms together in okay. your answer mm-hmm.
1: yeah well you know james was the jerusalem church yes. you know so this is right james is one of the first books written after the after acts you know so the church is spreading and little baby churches are popping up everywhere and james is like the guy who is um in jerusalem you know the head of the Jerusalem church, which is the leading church. And, and so he's sending this um, letter out with like kind of instructions. Like this is how we do it in the Jesus community. You know, he was Jesus's brother and wasn't a follower at the beginning, but now he's all in I and mean, he is committed. He's giving his life to this um, Jesus movement. And, and he's kind of, he's showing us two kinds of wisdom over and over in the book of James, we see this contrast between the wisdom from above and the wisdom from below. And so he wants us to recognize that out in the world, like the enemy, you know, as the church is cropping up, the enemy is after the church. And I mean, we see that all through the book of um, Acts as the church begins to spread. The enemy is rising up. I mean, everywhere, everybody's trying to kill Paul. They eventually do kill Paul. And they're against, I mean, they go to different towns and the, the whole crowd's, rise up everybody's against um the church and and why well it's the enemy he is Mm -hmm. he is riling everybody up so james is like okay you have got to not be thinking like the way the world thinks so you got to think the way the the wisdom from heaven you know wisdom is like wisdom like wants to take your hand and lead you in a direction the wisdom is always saying you should do this come on be wise you should do this and so the wisdom from the world says to any mom a mom, uh, you know, of her biological kids, a mom of stepkids, you know what you look over at her, like you should be jealous because she's like way racking it out and you are a complete fail. Like that's the wisdom from the world. Like you should prove, like you should hide Away, any of the icky the bad stuff about you because you don't want anybody to know any of that like you should hide yourself away you should um, promote yourself like you should tell the kids like all the remind the kids of all the things that you did that the (laughs) stepmom over there didn't do the other woman you know Um, you should always be jealous you should always be trying to lift yourself up you should always be comparing that's, that's the wisdom of this world. Mm-hmm. And then the wisdom from above is completely different. Mm-hmm. It loves peace. It's um, the, you know, the wisdom, it, James goes on to say, and I don't have those verses in front of me. I can, I can grab them real quick, but James um, mm-hmm. says the wisdom from above is completely, I think there's one characteristic that's completely, is, yes, yeah, completely different mm-hmm. about the wisdom from above. The wisdom from below is me focused. Mm-hmm. The wisdom from above is others focused. It's yes. me free. And so here, mm-hmm. let me just find these verses since we're talking about them. I love these verses. It says, um, for where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, mm-hmm. then peaceable, then gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good Good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I mean, what beautiful verses for moms! Yes, I mean, what if a mom could just be pure, like not have ulterior motives? What if a mom could be peaceable, like trying to create peace between her family and another family? What if she could just be gentle and open to reason? I mean, that one open to reasons you know yes. with with the other woman like right. that's hard that's right hard. That's but full of mercy what right. about that like that's the wisdom from above full of mercy when i'm dealing with the stepmom over there like yes. that's hard and then um impartial and sincere like to have this genuine sincerity that's the wisdom that comes from above and it produces this harvest of righteousness that's where um The heaven, you know, James is teaching us, this is what it looks like to be part of this Jesus community. And that's who we're called to be. But again, the focus is not on me and lifting myself up and proving that I am more or have more. Mm -hmm. The focus is really on others. How can I serve? Who can I serve today? How can I get my focus off of myself?
0: You know, I interestingly enough, I am in the middle of doing 31 Tips for Stepmoms, where I drop a tip a day, and today's tip was be the air freshener. And it was based on the scripture that says we are, the, we are to God the aroma of Christ, both to those who are perishing and to those who are being saved. And uh, the whole point of that particular tip was to do just what you were saying. If you find yourself in an unasked for territorial war with bio mom, do something very brave and just let her win. Mm. Don't answer with your own aggression, but follow peace, follow mm. peace. Because with that, your quiet confidence in Christ will just speak much more louder than answering aggression ever could. God, but it is so very, very hard to, especially because this world, even before social media, this world was very much so, and I hear it more often now, Shannon, than at any other time about self-worth and mm-hmm. and building up your self-esteem and how um love of self i hear a lot about self-care mm-hmm. right now as self just seems to be very central in our thinking right now and that's very antithetical to the gospel mm-hmm. so why is lifting up our self-worth um our our self-esteem not the answer to being released from comparison
1: Right. Well, when we're lifting ourselves up, usually what we're, we're trying to prove, like, you know, there's, I have these little battles in my head. I don't know if you do, Cheryl. (laughs) Like I (laughs) I, I put her over, you know, I'm at the judges or, you know, there's the judges bench and I'm over here arguing my case and I got her over there and I'm putting words in her mouth and I'm trying to lift myself up and, Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling like I'm feeling judged. I'm feeling like she's putting me down, you know, this, whether it's another mom or someone in my family or a neighbor or whoever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm putting words in her mouth like i'm feeling like she's saying i'm not doing it right i'm wrong in some way you know i'm i let the kids watch too much tv or whatever it is you know let's just use that example like she some little snide comment like i can't believe you let them watch tv all weekend long and i'm thinking like I did not. I did not, you know, and I'm like, well, I did. And so what I'm doing in my head is I'm trying to lift myself out of this, you know, she's shoved me down this pit. I'm trying to lift myself up. Well, no, I took them, you know, strawberry picking and I did (laughs) I made, you know, homemade pancakes for them. And I did this and I did that. I'm trying to justify and prove myself. And, um, and so I've got her over there saying, you know, she's saying a whole bunch more things than what she said. And I've got Mm -hmm. me over here arguing my case, And, um, and so that just, you know, that just pits us against each other. But so my focus as I'm trying to lift myself up, it's all, it's like, my focus is on me. Right, like here's what I did right, and here's what, I and mean, here's what she did wrong. But me, I did it right, and then, and then I'll also try to like make myself feel better. Like, well, look at all the good, look at all the ways that you serve and she doesn't. Look at all the ways, like you're so this or that. Like you're a good homemaker. You're a good, you know, whatever it is, whatever mm-hmm. I am good at. As, and so I'm like trying to like, and yeah, like we you know we call that self. Um, like self-focus but it's it's really like there's an agenda behind it mm-hmm. you know it's not just purely like I'm trying to make sure I know that I'm I'm great <laughs> Right. Right? there's a reason I want myself to know that i'm great but but really the whole focus is me and when i 'm trying to solve this self focused problem with more self focus it's just not <laughs> helping it's causing i mean i'm like constantly measuring i'm constantly thinking about myself i'm constantly you know it's just all the arrows are pointing in right. and that's exactly what Jesus wants to free us from that's right you know if, if we look at the the words of jesus he he just doesn't give us a lot of admonition to focus on ourselves make sure you're you know reminding yourself that you're loved and you're precious and you're and we are we are loved by our father we are created in his image and and he cares for us jesus did remind us you know he if he cares for the sparrow he cares for you and he he, those things in response to anxiety but more often we hear jesus reminding us to just get our eyes off ourselves he says all Die of these self. yes all of mm-hmm. these upside down things like whoever will be great will be the servant <laughs> of all whoever puts yourself last you know like you're saying whatever your tip was today i love it be the air freshener put mm-hmm. yourself last like don't yes. don't try to win like is there a time you know i feel like that fits that like if if my heart really wants to win putting myself last would be choosing not to win this argument that's right so and jesus says whoever the last will be first and the first whoever puts themselves first they'll be last so things in the kingdom are upside down and i think the core difference between this world and the heavenly wisdom is, am I focused on myself? Am I trying to lift
0: myself up or am I focused on others? Am I free? Right. Am I me free? Right. You know, I, I think that Jesus, um, he he secures us in his love and he secures us in his acceptance so that we will forget about ourselves and that we can oh, do exactly so what it is that he has mm-hmm. called us to do. And I I am so intrigued by the concept of living me free that has been a a prayer that I've been praying for the last year um uh, last year my bible study group uh, and I did a study on this very very small book written by Tim Keller called self-forgetfulness I love that book it's right? my favorite book. Right? Yes. It's, it's probably it, it's so small, maybe twenty pages, a little book about a chapter. It really is like a. Cha- but it took us weeks to get mm. through that book because it's so it's so um challenging, mm-hmm. right? And yep. and um and it really draws you into. I hate to say this word, but some self reflection, yeah. which at the end of it, hopefully you will die to self. What mm. does it mean to live? a self, a self-forgetful life. What does it mean to live me free? How, how does a me free outlook give meaning to our differences?
1: Yeah. Well, I love, um, what you just said. You said Jesus does not give us, um, he does not affirm his love for us and our belonging and all of the things that we, we cherish about our relationship, what Jesus has done for us on the cross. He doesn't give us all that so that we can just focus on ourselves mm-hmm. he gives us that so that we can just be free of ourselves like yes we we no longer have to measure up and i think this me free living it's like recognizing that what jesus accomplished on the cross like jesus if he went to the cross for me that means that my sin was bad enough <laughs> like yes. it was such a mess right that that somebody had to die in my place, like death was necessary to pay the penalty for my sin. And so why then after claiming that I'm a Christian and that that cross was necessary to clean up my sin, why then would I spend all my time trying to like Justify myself, and Well, no, I'm really not that bad of a sinner. Because I just by just by saying I am a Christian, I've already said I'm a really yes, bad sinner. Because right. it took all that. that. Yes. It took all that to clean me up. I'm kind of referring to a book by Vince um, Milton called The Gospel Primer. He talks about that, and oh, it just it's so good. I um, I just I want to remember that Jesus died on that cross Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to spend all my time measuring myself. I mean, it's, we know we're past that now. Like we're done trying to justify or cover over. Like, you know, when I have sinned and when I failed in some way, the point is it's already taken care of. And that is the freedom that I get to live in. That's the me free living that Jesus invites us to. And it is, it's so helpful. I think when we're, especially when we're measuring ourselves against other people.
0: Yeah, I love uh, in Isaiah. Was Isaiah six when it says, "In the year that King Uzziah died, that I saw the Lord high and lifted up, Mm -hmm. and straight, and and I fell at my feet, and uh, I fell at His feet." Um, I. It's almost like because he was looking at someone else, the king, that when that was removed, when the focus was not on God, and then he got a proper view of God, he was able to align himself to that proper view, and it became all about. God and what God Mm -hmm. wanted so when he could ask the question who will go for me I'll go I'll do it you know because I now understand who you are Mm -hmm. and who I am in relationship to you I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst the unclean people and you Mm -hmm. have redeemed me Mm -hmm. so I'll go I'll go to these people that you love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Over
1: and over in scripture, when anybody encounters God or they can encounter Jesus, you know, John, when he had the revelation of Jesus, they just fall on their faces and they're like, you know, Peter's like, I'm a sinful man. Like, when we really understand who God is, we would never try to raise ourselves up that's right. in His presence. Like that's that would right. be ludicrous. When we're trying to raise ourselves up and justify ourselves and list out all the ways that we're right and they're wrong, well, that's just a proof that we don't understand God and we that's don't right. understand our sin. That's and right. So bringing that into clarity helps us just to be free of. Okay?
0: Hey there, Stepmom Sanity family. Sorry to break in on you. The interview with Shannon was so rich, I completely forgot to take a break. But I have some things that I need to share with you. So we'll be back right after this. Five. Everybody, this is Cheryl and I wanted to take a moment to invite you to visit us at stepmomsanity.com. Become a member and enjoy discounts on our merchandise, our retreats and conferences, our books and so much more. Also as a member, you'll get exclusive access to our quarterly We're Better Together virtual gatherings, our webinars by experts in every area from estate planning to fun vacations with your family. You'll also get access to free downloads, our prayer gatherings and so much more. Membership is free, but it's not cheap. What you waiting for? Join us on the journey. And so the flip side of all of that, like the self-disgust that I felt before because I didn't feel like I was enough, it seems to be like pride because I feel like, you know, well, like you said before, I got it together, and you talk about something called in your book called flipping the ruler, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. can you can you tell us what that is, and how does that help us when we become judgmental of someone else? Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I do that all the time.
1: Um, so Jesus, Jesus uh, gave this little analogy in his sermon on the Mount about the the guy with the speck in his eye and the log in his eye, you know, so specks are tiny and logs are big. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the the humor is the guy is leaning in to look at the little speck with the big log sticking out of his eye. Like that's, Mm -hmm. you know, the humor of the situation. So the point though, is when we go after these little nitpicky things in other people's lives, like we're leaning in close. We're in, and if we had a ruler, we would use the millimeter side of the ruler. Like we're Mm -hmm. going after the nitpicky, the little tiny things. And Jesus is like, I mean, what, what that says about you, if you're Mm -hmm. leaning in with this critical judgmental spirit, like what that says about you is so much worse than this little nitpicky thing. Like we would have to measure your pride, you know, your condescending attitude by the foot. Like we would have to flip the ruler and measure it by the foot. So I think the message for us is when we're leaning in, you know, with our little millimeter side of our ruler, Mm -hmm. like looking at all these nitpicky things and trying to justify ourselves, Jesus would invite us, you know what, flip that ruler, take a look at your own pride before you go judging anybody else and criticizing anybody else. And you mentioned, you know, the disgust word. I just, man, we're seeing a lot of disgust and Mm -hmm. oftentimes like maybe we're not the one who's disgusted with that person over there who is so much you know unlike like I don't know about your church but in mine we have like differing ideas on the election and Mm -hmm. we have differing Mm -hmm. ideas on masks and we have differing ideas on you know all these different things that are dividing us and there's just a lot of disgust like oh word I can't believe that they think this way Mm -hmm. and maybe maybe we're not that person where we're like voicing our disgust but if if not then we're usually disgusted with the disgusted that's (laughs) like I can't believe they're splitting the church over this you know like Mm -hmm. I did and I did actually just last night I heard about a church that split over the mask wearing conversation and so so my temptation though is to be like I can't believe a church would split so there I am I fall right back Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yes, expressing right. my own disgust. I think we just have to have grace for each other. Right. We have to measure other people's flaws by the ruler side. Like, look how tiny it is. Look right. at what a small little thing that is. If I'm, if I'm measuring by the foot, it doesn't even take up a millimeter. And look how big my pride is when I right. lean in to just judge and criticize other people.
0: Why do you think that is so hard to do, especially today? I mean, the, okay, like we have church division over masks, and certainly there's been a big division over uh, uh, the election and over the current president it versus you know someone else coming in and why why can't we get um, beyond it why is the church struggling so much in this particular area at this particular time and I know ultimately is rooted in um, the enemy's agenda for us but why can't we see that like what what's happening do you think But
1: I just see us thinking we're so convinced we're right. Mm -hmm. You know, I am right. I know I'm right. Like, Mm -hmm. like, let's just take the mask thing, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, half of us are saying, why can't they just love their neighbor already and put on a mask, you know? Mm -hmm. And the other half is saying, why can't they just... um, you know, put their trust in God and not be living in fear already. And just, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have to, they don't have to worry about the mess. So we just have like, we're so convinced that we're right. And we're not loving our neighbor. We're not interested we're not. in, um, like, li- like Jesus said, whoever, whoever is the greatest is the one who lifts others up mm-hmm. and who humbles herself and puts others first. Like we're not doing that. We're not living according to the wisdom of this work of the heaven. We're living mm-hmm. by the ways of this world. And you know, this attitude of disgust, like I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I don't feel qualified to talk politics. I mean, it's all more complicated yeah. than I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't really p- comment on political things, but here's mm-hmm. what I do know is that when we are disgusted with one another and dividing within you know communities of believers we can't communicate this attitude of disgust without elevating ourselves Mm
0: -hmm. and without
1: having this attitude of condescension and you know self-exaltation and that we know that jesus has spoken against like condescension condescension and and self-elevation those are the things Jesus warned about over and that's over. Right. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Yes. Jesus said yes. That he, he shared that parable with some people mm-hmm. who were lifting themselves up and mm-hmm. looking down in condescension, looking down on others with disgust. That's who the story's for. And at the end of the story, the guy who was like listing out all the ways that he was right and this other guy was wrong. He was the one who went home and he wasn't it justified. Wasn't for, that's right. That's, That's right. right. And, and the one who was, was, the, was, he was just focused on his own sin. He said, you know, God, he couldn't even lift his head. He said, God, be merciful to me, the mm-hmm. sinner that's yes. the greek is the singular me the sinner he's just yes. concerned about his own sin and that's i feel like that is helpful for me as i head into this ele- election season just thinking about you know what i'm just gonna worry about my own sin i'm not gonna take care right. of everybody else's sin I, <laughs> we can't. God, we cannot. <laughs> god has not given me that a bad assignment. No. there's one person's sin that i need to take care of and i mean it has been taken care of on the cross but just like that daily washing myself clean that's god right. be merciful to me sinner. Center. And then that's, and then everybody else, I'm just called to love. That's right. (laughs) And so that's, yeah, that's. It's, it's not easy. I mean, I may be making it sound easy, <laughs> but it's not, it's not. I mean, it's, it's hard as just like the example of like the other, the bio mom saying, I let them watch TV too much. Like mm-hmm. it just gives rise to our sense of justice and self, you know, trying to um, defend ourselves, self-righteousness. And, and right. so man, we have got to fight against ourselves going into this uh, season.
0: Period. Just living in this world. So yeah, then, exactly. what what can we do when we're tempted to compare, um, either to our detriment or to our benefit? Mm,
1: yeah. Well, um, I have this this little metaphor that I use in the book Comparison Girl. It's um, if you could picture a glass measuring cup. Sorry, I don't have one right here with me, but um, a Pyrex glass measuring cup with the lines on the side. Mm-hmm. Our enemy is constantly wanting us to focus on those lines. He wants us to take our measuring cup and put it next to somebody else's and always be asking, you know, how do I measure up compared to her? Or feeling good because I do measure up, you know, and looking down on others. But Jesus consistently puts our attention to the spout Mm -hmm. of the measuring cup. You know, Jesus came and said, follow me, live like I live. And Jesus did not look down on people in condescension and disgust. Mm -hmm. Jesus humbled himself. He ate with sinners. He, you know, he, he welcomed conversations with people who saw it wrong and he was The righteous judge he could see that and even though he saw that they were seeing it wrong he had lunch with them Mm -hmm. and he he, um welcomed them and um and so if we're going to follow Jesus we need to be people who are focused on the spout not Mm -hmm. trying to measure ourselves and the beautiful thing about that metaphor is if you take that cup and you tip it to one side the lines there they aren't Relevant anymore, you know? Sure so, yeah, sure. yeah, and so when when our eyes are looking at the spout and we're asking who can I serve here? How can I humble myself? What do I have in my measuring cup? That's meant to bless the world, mm-hmm. you know, bless the church bless my neighbors How can I serve who can I give to today? That's how Jesus lived right mm-hmm. it, when we're pouring we're no longer measuring so if we want to be free of this bondage of always measuring and um, You know comparing ourselves with other people start pouring, stop measuring, start pouring, because you can't do both at the same time. You sure so can. When you're focused on others, when you're trying to lift others up, you know, when you're, when you're letting her win the argument, mm-hmm. you know, trying to like, I'm going to put myself last here. I'm going to serve. I'm going to fight for peace here. Yes. You can't both be doing that
0: and measuring yourself, trying to, trying to get ahead. It's like what Paul said. I've been poured out. Like a drink offering, right? Mm-hmm. So what Jesus said, Paul modeled, and we are being invited into that same lifestyle even today to live poured out. And I find mm-hmm. that when I when I do pour myself out in that way, that um, not only uh, is is the kingdom of God um, perpetuated, mm-hmm. but I there is so much more fulfillment. In my own life, I am just Mm -hmm. filled back up again to the brim with more of Jesus, with joy, with peace, with righteousness. All those things that are the kingdom of God fills my life when I am focused on pouring my life out on behalf of others.
1: Absolutely. We, we find our, our place to belong.
0: We do. (laughs) When we're
1: serving and giving what we have to give, whether it's to our families or to our church or our communities, when we're walking into a room saying, who can I serve here? Who has Mm -hmm. God placed me in this room to give something to tonight? Yes. Then we find our place we're not backing away from each other mm-hmm. we're leaning in we're investing in each other and we're finding the community that we really are craving That's in right. the first place so you're exactly right we find all this freedom we find this joy we regain our confidence we yes. find our purpose and our belonging and we actually give each other a place to belong yes right yes as, as I as I receive, like I've loved this conversation tonight because all the things that you're saying I'm like soaking them up you know you say I'm in just a little bit a different way or you remind me of different things that, yeah, maybe I've heard it, but like the conversation is enriching. So you're pouring into me and I'm pouring into you That's and right. we're pouring into our guests and we right. will leave this conversation completely filled.
0: Absolutely. Right? We because will not
1: focusing on ourselves. It's
0: Absolutely. Like, yeah. we, we will. I, I also love how everything in that you have written is just interwoven with truth it's just interwoven with the truth of god's word why is why is that the key in overcoming the bondage to comparison because I, you know the bible says that it's for freedom's sake that christ has set us free mm-hmm. and that he he desires for us to live in in a place of being unencumbered by the cares and concerns and, and the, and the mores, if you will, of this world. And I know that part of that requires us to align our lives with doing life his way. Mm -hmm. So why is listening to Jesus's voice very key in overcoming the bondage to comparison?
1: Yeah, you know, in John chapter 10, Jesus says, My sheep will, um, they know my voice. They Mm -hmm. follow me. They know my voice. So, like, if you can picture Jesus. Um, or a or shepherd coming to a little uh, enclosure where there's a whole bunch of different sheep all mixed together, but the ones who belong to Jesus, they're the ones who they they listen for his voice. They can tell the difference between his voice and another sheep or yes. another shepherd that comes to the door. Jesus's sheep were his sheep, and we have got to be able to differentiate between what the world would say. Mm -hmm. You know, what our enemy would say Mm -hmm. and what our Jesus would say. Mm -hmm. That is really key in finding our way in this world. Like, would Jesus say that? Would Jesus say, look Mm. at her, oh my Mm -hmm. word, you know, he would not say that. So for me, that has just really been key as I, you know, find myself slipping back into the trap of like, um, you know, look at, Oh my word. She got another promotion. She got another book deal. She got another speaking engagement. Her kids are like, you know, all of those comparison trends. Mm -hmm. I I asked myself, wait a second. Are those the thoughts that Jesus would be feeding into my heart right now? Are those things Jesus would say? Right. No, you know, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus said things that don't sound like that. I never heard him say anything remotely. Like look over at her. She got another book deal. You must be not as, you know, worthwhile. To, you exactly. know, what I mean? Jesus yeah. never says anything remotely like that. As Jesus, a matter of
0: fact, when his, when his disciples said, "Well, what about him?" He was like, "What's that to you?" Basically, exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes.
1: At John, he's or um, yeah, um, Peter as he's walking yes, with Peter. Peter, Peter mm-hmm. looks back and he says, well, is, about, he gonna, "Is he gonna? Is he gonna? You know, be die die alive is gonna die." With yeah, you. and and Jesus, is like, "What's that to, to you? You follow me. Keep your right. eyes on him. Listen for his voice, because you know what." Some of us will have more book deals than others Mm -hmm. of us. Some Mm -hmm. of us will have better opportunities to serve in the workplace. Some of us will be able to raise um, kids who go on to do really great and amazing things and others of us won't. And we can be both following Jesus and listening for His voice, and do things that are completely different with our lives. Yeah, we are not all called to the same thing. Yeah, and so the joy comes in listening to to my Savior and my Lord, and 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 following Him in exactly the path that He has set for me. And not, you know, not you, Cheryl's different than me. I have a different. I mean, maybe we're doing things that are similar, but that's where I have to kind of lean in and compare if I can do it in a me free way where I'm not measuring myself against you, I can say, right. okay, like I, th- I think her calling is a little bit different than mine. And just being around her, it helps me to clarify and, in a little bit sharper focus on, I think I'm called to do this. Right. She may be called to write 12 books. Maybe I'm only called to write three. Can I live in a universe where I'm only called to write three books and she's called to write 12? <laughs> like right. following jesus hat our answer has to be yes it right. has to be yes because we aren't the ones who um gave ourselves our gifts we aren't the ones who right. gave ourselves our callings and our capacity levels and um, we follow him regardless right. of where he leads we follow him
0: you know i am um shared a tip uh, a while back and then there's an upcoming tip that talks about comparing a comparison one about comparing your family to another mm-hmm. uh, step family other about comparing yourself and in the one that was like there's no better there's only different there's only mm-hmm. different and in the other it was you have no one to whom you must measure up and, oh, and so that okay. is such the the truth we do not have to measure up against no. anyone whether I have one three or five talents what I what want most is to hear well done. So yes. Yes. I say to the father, if it's five in my living room or 50,000 or 500,000 across mm-hmm. the world, just let me hear well done. Because if I yes. hit 500,000 and I miss the five that's in my living room, mm-hmm. I've missed it. I've worked iniquity. I have not worked mm-hmm. what God has given me. So we always have to look to him. Yes, I love it.
1: And I love that you brought up that parable, because I think if Jesus wanted us to, like, if his point was that we were all going to do things exactly the same, mm-hmm. and we were all going to be ha- having exactly the same capacity, he would have told that story where each of the servants got like three talents or five right. talents, or, you That's know, right. they would have all been the same. But like one got one, and one That's got right. two, and one got five. They were different, and they were. But the beautiful thing is that the the one who got two and the one that got five, they both doubled what they received. That's right. And they both got the same commendation. Well, well done, well done, yes. Good and faithful servant. Yes. So it wasn't about quantity. Yeah. You know, one didn't even bring half of what the other one
0: brought. That's right. It wasn't,
1: and they both heard well done and they both were told, welcome, um, enter your your master's happiness. Like yes. this life is just a precursor That's to the right. life to come. That's right. So really our goal is just to do well with what we've been given, pour it all out, serve and, and follow our Jesus and lift up our King. And the goal is to hear that well done, good and faithful servant and, and a whole myriad of different servants are going to hear that and they're all going to have done different things.
0: That's right. Right? (laughs) So that's the beauty of, of the calling of Jesus. So can comparison ever be healthy and good? And if so, when?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, so like... Um, when we can get f- rid of the the measuring component, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, we comparison. I think we shy away from it because it's so painful. You know, mm-hmm. it's associated with all, like you said, back at twelve years old, looking at the singer who got the part and mm-hmm. you didn't. Like, it's just a, such a painful thing. But if we could just um, be strong enough to, to have this me free attitude, not focused on ourselves, but really like focusing on how can I serve here Mm -hmm. and figuring out like, wait, what is she called to versus what I'm called to Mm -hmm. like, recognizing that we have different callings. We have different capacity levels. We have different gifts. We have different spheres of influence. Mm -hmm. Like you and I both live in Michigan. You live on the east side of the state. I Mm -hmm. live on the west side of the state. And so, and God planted us exactly where we are with our little sphere of influence. And it's not going to, maybe it'll, it's overlapping in this instance, but Mm -hmm. we have, um, you know, I've, let me just give you an example for myself. I grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. Like I am super comfortable with church ladies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I never left the church. I never stopped going to church. I've gone to church for almost fifty years now, <laughs> and so I feel particularly called to women who are comfortable in church, mm-hmm. but who whose lives don't line up in the same way um, with what they say. You know, they might mm-hmm. say different things, but they live like they don't believe them. You know, like so maybe they're they're living with. In fear, but you know, they would say God's in control, but they're living in fear, so those don't match up. So that's what I feel particularly called to right. these ways that we don't live. But like, I didn't grow up in a home where I lost a parent or where our house burned down, or you know, and so there are other women who have those stories and their callings are different. That's right, um, and I don't have like, um. I mean, I'm like, we talked about politics. I don't have a mind for that. I don't understand it. So I have to recognize I'm not really called into that space. Like I need to be really careful (laughs) about saying anything Mm because I don't get it. And so that's just not the way God put me together. So like when I can compare in a way that asks, who am I? What background, what experiences have, has God given me? And what am I called to? It helps me sharpen my focus and and I can compare with the other servants and recognize, you know what? God's called her over there to do that. And that is great. She's doing that really well. And I'm called to, well, then I need to go over here. I need to acquiesce. And I'm going to do, maybe I'm called to a smaller audience. She's called to an audience of 5,000. I'm called to an audience of 50. And I'm, Mm -hmm. can I live with that? Or I'm called in the workplace. She's called in the home or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Just leaning in and recognizing, how am I different? And how is God calling me to serve in a unique way?
0: Yeah, and he can be glorified in all of it. I mean, we are to provoke Absolutely. one another. This this is what I think of when I think of the good and healthy comparison, that we're yes. to provoke one another to love yes. and good work. Yes. Inspire yes. each other. Inspire, yes. each, inspire other. each other. Right.
1: Yeah. And we need to tell we need to have the freedom to tell our stories of how God's working in our lives. Right. So that we can spur one another on to love and good deeds, right? That's right. If that's we right. always feel like, oh no, you know, I can't, I can't share anything that's going well. I can only share the horrible things, the right. way i failed. Right. Like, well, that's not really inspiring each other. We need, that's, there's this me free way that we can inspire each other by saying, you know what? God has gifted me in this way. That's like, right. It'd be really silly for me to say, oh, I can't speak. I, you know, I'm not really good at communication. Well, like, that's not, that's not true. I mean, Thanks. if I do have a gift, it's that. And so why would I, why would I hide that? Why, you know, no, I'm just called to be honest about it, right. not to lift myself up right. and, and not to say I'm the best speaker that ever lived. Right. You know, maybe there is a speaker who's more gifted than me. Maybe there's one who's not as gifted, but I need to just understand who I am, what I'm called to, right. and just go ahead and, and be free of me and serve in the way that I'm called to serve.
0: I have a friend who says it like this, whether something horrible has happened or something wonderful has happened, she'll say, yep, that happened. Or, yep, I did that. Now let's talk about Jesus. That's, oh. that's how she puts it. <laughs> like, we can acknowledge yep. it. Now let's talk mm-hmm. about what's important oh,
1: so here. Mm-hmm.
0: So what final um, encouragement would you offer someone in, who's listening right now who may be struggling with comparison or with jealousy or with judgmentalism and self-disgust?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: well, um, yeah, I'm just picturing that
1: mom yeah. who is, you know, there's the other mom, the other woman, whether it's the bio mom or the, um, the step mom, uh, you know, who's got her kids and the, the desire is going to be fierce. There is this undertow that wants to pull you right back into those traps over and over and over and over. But you know what? What will happen if you give in to those desires, it will completely distract you Mm -hmm. from the life that Jesus wants you to live. Like you can get so caught up in that. You Mm -hmm. can get so like that all intertwined in your thinking and in your day and the way, you know, it can be such a distraction. And that's Mm -hmm. what your enemy wants. He Mm -hmm. wants to just keep pulling you back in. It's this undertow and Jesus wants you to be free of it. Just be free of it. Like, let's get back to work (laughs) on what Jesus has for us to do today. And, and it's different. It's not better. It's not, there's no condescension. There's no, um, worthlessness or despair. There's just different. And we're going to get back to work on, okay, Jesus, what have you called me to? What do you have before me? And how can I focus on the spout instead of the lines on my measuring cup?
0: That is so good. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much Shannon for spending this time with us oh, for it's a pleasure. Oh, thank you for unpacking the issue of comparison just a little bit. I don't know about other people, but I feel my help coming in this area. Oh, I just good. so appreciate good, good. you. I do I want to reach over here and grab where where did i put my book cuz i have i have dog ear and flip through there it is okay dog ear to flip through and highlight um this book i just want to encourage y'all let me see if i can get it up here to please purchase comparison girl now it is set up as a 6 week study so i am going to invite any stepmom mom woman really who wants to join me uh for an online six week small group uh beginning sometime in october to do this i'll post uh I sign up you. information on social media and would you would you join us a, on one night during that online study for a and oh, so? I would love that oh yes. yay. Please invite me thank you so, so great yeah I absolutely so will and this has been so good I can't wait to do this to you know to publish this to the podcast I'm gonna post this on Facebook and then you know we'll you will put you know put on the podcast for people who aren't Facebook connected but I this has been so good I really just want people to to get a taste of, of, of or a glimpse of the freedom that awaits them when they surrender this area of their life. Thank you all so much for joining us um, this week. Join us again in two weeks when we will interview a woman I actually met through Shannon, author Summer Butler. She's oh, going to be with good. us. We'll be discussing. I love
1: Summer. She's so great.
0: <laughs> I got to chat with her, and you're right. She is absolutely wonderful. And I think you're right. Everyone else will as well. We'll be discussing her recent recently released a six-week study, Blended, Aligning the Hierarchy of Heart and Home. Um, Shannon, we, like I said before, we always end our podcast by inviting our guests to pray for our listeners. Would you first tell the listeners where they can reach you and how they can purchase your book and then be so kind as to close us out in prayer?
1: Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, you can find me at ComparisonGirl.com. There are some free bonuses that you can download there. And um, there's a workbook and there's just other goodies for you there. So I'd love for you to come check that out. You can buy the book wherever books are sold. Um, And I'm also... I'm just launching a course on leading a small group Bible study. So I'd love for our listeners to check that out too. And think about maybe this is the season when God would want you to start your own group. I mean, Cheryl's is going to be awesome. I don't want (laughs) to detract from that, but maybe there's a group that you would want to meet in your neighborhood or in your church or wherever. So our hope is just that women would connect and gather around truth. That's that well, let me tell healthy. you, Shannon.
0: I actually just signed up for your course Woo-hoo! today. So, yeah, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. so I'm excited. I'm looking forward oh, to it. So, so, thank so you great. for sharing thank that. You. Yes,
1: thank you. I'm I'm excited to just get some some uh, small groups launched and uh, and leaders who have a plan and feel confident and all that. So that'd be great. But yes, let me close us in prayer. This thank has been you. such a rich conversation. It really has. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Cheryl. Lord, I thank you for the way that you put her together and the gifts that you have given her and the passion that she has for truth and for your word. And Lord, I just thank you that you've given her this experience of being, um, of having a blended family, of um, being a stepmom. And God, I just, I pray that you would just raise her up and help her to be a voice of truth in the darkness. Lord, there are so many women who just are are being so distracted and so um, caught off guard and and pulled into bondage by comparison. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to equip Cheryl for this work that you have for her and, Lord, for all of us as we gather on this um podcast message, Lord, I just, I pray that you would help us to find the freedom, the freedom that comes from knowing that we are loved and that our sins are paid for and that we are um, accepted by God, but not so that we could just keep focusing on ourselves, but Father, that we could be free of focusing on ourselves. Lord, I pray that we would have um, the supernatural power to not be swayed and not be pulled back into those comparison traps, but but just to live me free, this me free life um, that, that Jesus taught us how to live. God, I pray that for each and every woman today. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.
0: Thank you again for being with us today. If this podcast has blessed you, don't miss another one. Take a moment to hit that subscribe button. Also, share this podcast with a stepmom needing encouragement. Join us on the journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stepmom Sanity. And don't forget, there's hope for stepmoms who are there, wherever your there is, from stepmoms who've been there at stepmomsanity.com. We believe in you, sis, and we're here to bless you with what you need to flourish in your God-given role. Until next time, hugs and prayers.